Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hour two this week here on Utah Car Sense. Coming up at noon, the Saturday show with Jake Hatch and Alex Lindberg. There might be... What are they going to talk about? There might be some jazz tickets on the line. I'm not 100% sure about that, but there might be. So tune in and see uh, see what happens. Yeah, there's not much to talk about uh, for the number one team in the NBA who's already waiting for their second-round opponent. Just getting nice and rested. I am uh, I am concerned about Mike Conley's hamstring, though. Uh, we'll see, though. There's There's time. Uh, the, 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 this organization has a traditional, has traditionally taken the approach of rest, 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 uh, and not rush back. And I would assume that would be the case, but who knows? It's yeah, only Mike Conley in the trail. affects whether the Jazz want to resign him in the offseason too. He's been such a big part of our success. Yeah. I heard, uh, Eric Pincus, who's a capologist. I heard him on, uh, with, uh, Mike Harmon and, uh, Jason Smith last night on Fox sports radio. Uh, discussing that and he said it's pretty much accepted around the league that Mike Conley will be back in Utah and I I found that interesting uh, what's the number that's the question right uh, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be three years 30 million you, you you could but wouldn't someone else out there give him more that's that's uh, the question At this point in his career what's it about yep and uh, perhaps the hamstring holds that number down who knows We'll see. But the Jazz do have uh, something to watch tomorrow as they'll find out whether it's the Dallas Mavericks or the L.A. Clippers. Nine out of eight Jazz fans are cheering for the Mavericks, I would assume, over the Clippers tomorrow. I think it's – my world has always been be careful what you wish for. Okay. I mean, I think the the Clippers have found that one out pretty good. Yeah. They backed themselves into this match against the Dallas, and they're getting all they, they wanted. Although it did work out, the Jazz kind of wished for the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, and that worked out. Oh yeah, for sure. But they the didn't Jazz, finagle but, things like the Clippers. But there was like a difference the in wishing for the Memphis Grizzlies and playing your butts off, getting the one seed, and ending up with what you got. That's true. I think That's the true. Jazz would have cleaned it. I think the Jazz would have done the same thing to Golden State. Yeah, yeah, probably. So. I don't think I think Golden State would have been a gentleman's sweep. I think Curry would have gotten hot one game, and we would have lost that game. But I think the Jazz would have won the rest of them. Yeah, probably so. All right, well, let's dive back into the cars, 855-340-ZONE. Call us, 855-340-ZONE. Any question, comment, or story you've got, you'll be entered into the drawing for our free oil change. And, Jeff, I'm looking at our call register here. Nobody has called. So the next person that calls, if you're the only person that calls today, you'll win. So why not? It's going to be really easy. It's going to make my drawing very simple. (laughs) So did you see the release by the – uh, National Highways Traffic Safety Administration about traffic deaths last year. No, I missed that. So they said, so in 2020, traffic deaths actually rose 7% last year. Wow. The biggest increase in 13 years, even though the number of miles traveled by vehicle fell by 13%. So deaths were up 7% and miles Driving traveled. Driving was down 13% and wow. deaths were up 7%. 38,680 people died in traffic crashes oh, last that's year. That's so sad. 
That's that's terrible. Is is it because less cars means more speed? That's one hundred percent is what they think it is. Yeah, they think it's because when you have less cars on the road, it's, it's something we found on our side because we have we had a lot of trap of crash data because owning a collision center, sure. and we had the, the number of totals on crashes went through the roof last year because the crashes there were less crashes but more more severe crashes because of the high rate of speeds because when you don't have traffic and you don't have people slowing down you got a lot of people seeing open roads and driving too fast which you you don't like to see uh, those numbers rise but you really really hate to see the deaths uh rise like it did that's it's so unnecessary uh and that's, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show that I got pulled over last year and that's because I was speeding. It was because there was no one else on the road and I wasn't paying attention to what I was going. I was just flying down the road. And, he... and that's what they think it is. That, and the number of people with excessive speed violations went, was higher too. Yeah. Well, the good news, I guess, is that traffic jams are coming back. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. You, you mentioned the allergies. Yeah. There's no sneeze button here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if It doesn't matter that there is in this studio either because people just don't use it. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, but you, the good news is, I guess, that traffic jams are becoming more of the norm again, Jeff. Yeah, I got caught in traffic last week. It was great. It was fun. <laughs> I missed it. it was, Didn't it you miss wonderful. it? Oh, there's nothing better than being stuck for... 25 extra minutes between people you don't want to be around it's so much it's fun i do have to say that the new setup on northbound i-15 does seem to be working though where it splits so we're at, at 90th south where it splits off for the belt route yeah and you have a little little feeder road that goes to the belt route I, it seems like it's sped traffic up a ton it's uh it's a lot less thunderdomey in that area, it, you don't feel like you're Mad Maxing, taking your life into your hands to get all the way oh, over. Oh, there's just and back. so much cross traffic going across each other there. It was just brutal. But people the, getting out of the freeway at 90th South and trying to get all the way over, or people cutting across to get off on 215. It was a brutal area. My only, my only problem is it's kind of, and maybe there's nothing that can be done about this because people aren't reading the signs. Maybe there is enough signage, but it's kind of trial and error at this point like you you don't know you were supposed to take that until you find out oh i can't get over there anymore from here oh yeah the first two times i definitely went right by it <laughs> right getting off from 53rd to get over <laughs> right so i don't know what could be done about that more than just uh, learning uh, i guess i assume there's signage but 855-340 zone shelby heard our cries he saw the bat signal go up and Shelby, if no one else calls, you're the winner. What's your question, comment, or story, Shelby? Yeah, my comment's just on the whole Mike Conley thing. So, in a perfect world, I'd love to have a six foot five um, defensive three point point shooting guy next to Donovan. But I mean, we have somebody, and those guys don't grow on trees. So, keep him as long as we can. Thank you, Shelby. Yeah, yeah. good point. So, uh, I mean, six foot five three point shoot. Who do you have in mind there? Uh, I mean that. It sounds a lot like Royce O'Neill, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. Well, I'd love to have another one of those so we could have a wing player and another guard playing. But, yeah. I mean, like I said, we guys don't come to Utah that often. And I think that narrative's going down a little. But at the same time, like, we have a great player, an all-star in Conley, and it sucks that he gets hurt a lot. Kind of have to roll, roll the dice there sometimes. 
Thank you, Shelby. Yeah. Jeff, do you think it changes if the Jazz win the title this season? Does that change how much they're willing to pay to keep Mike Conley next year? I think if the Jazz get to the Western Conference Finals, it does. I mean, I think if they make a run, which I consider making the Western Conference Finals a run. Sure. Being in I, the Final I, Four, yeah. I think that it, it affects Conley being willing to come back and give it another shot, whether even though he could get another 5 or $10 million somewhere else. It's it's a fascinating arc that he in Utah the the story has taken because I had it on really really good trusted authority that the first little while in Utah the Connolly family was not awesome was oh, not they, hate, they did not was, enjoy it he hated it yeah they, oh, it, was it was horrible. it was new it was foreign uh, the, the, his wife was pregnant there was all kinds of personal life change happening. And then he got uprooted in Memphis where he'd been his whole career, where he is the face of the Memphis Grizzlies now and forever going forward. It's my, it's Mike Conley. And he gets shipped out here at the age of 32, 33 and into a brand new system that doesn't have the bigs that the pick and pop big that he had in Memphis. It was a strange time for the Conley family. And at the time, uh, this trusted authority that I have, the source, was worried that it was going to end badly. Well, fast totally. forward to now, and the Conleys are in love with the Utah Jazz. They're in love with the city. They're in love with the state. They love the coaching system. They love the system. The o- the new owner and uh, Mike he- Conley golf constantly together. It's a it's a yeah. weird amazing, how fast right? how fast things changed for Mike Conley and, and the Utah he, Jazz. Maybe he takes less money because he likes it. I mean, the guy's made two hundred and five million in his career. Wow, that's but after taxes and agent fees, it's only like ninety million. Oh, oh yeah. Well, poor guy. So, you know, <laughs> poor guy. Right, it's tough. 855-340-ZONE. So that's how it's done. Shelby had a, a basketball question. That's fine. Maybe you have a cooking question. Callers, Austin. Yeah. So our caller from two weeks ago, we got a chance to see his car. Remember the guy who called in with the Mercedes? Say again, Austin? Jeff. Say again, say again, Jeff. We had a caller. Remember, that... remember the guy who called in with the 85 Mercedes? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we got a chance to go out and see it. Oh, that's right. I was talking to, uh, to, talking to uh, Josh about it. Josh about yeah, Josh that. Josh went out and looked at it. It was a yeah. sweet car, man. Yeah, 60,000 mile, 85, 280 SL. Good, great shape. It was pretty cool. And did you buy it? We're in the process. <laughs> we're working on it. Yeah, Josh. Josh and I were uh, laughing about does Jeff own it yet or not? Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's we pretty were cool. curious. Uh, so that's you can call. That's another reason to call. Is you can values on old Mercedes. You can fence your old cars to Jeff's collection. Eight five five. I don't have a question. That would be Uh, number one. Well, you might want to start. You never know. Maybe someone calls in with an original DeLorean that you have to have. That'd be pretty cool. (laughs) It would. All right. uh, We have a Twitter question, but we also have more phone calls. Eight five five three four zero zone. Daniel is up next. Good morning, Daniel. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? We're great. What's your question? Um, well, at first I wasn't sure if you were like looking for a jazz or car question, but um, I guess the last guy was jazz. Maybe I'll ask. Um, I'll just tell you about my car. It's kind of a little beat up. It's like a Toyota Corolla. So my wife, we just got her a new car for like the baby. Like she has a Volkswagen. 
um, yeah, like an SUV, but I had like, I have an 06 Toyota Corolla and um, it's pretty beat up. It's got a mirror that I have taped on and stuff. So anyways, I'm just kind of wondering um, from just your car advice, like what, what you would do at that point, like maybe just try to fix it up or just go into like the car market or like, yeah, save up for one. Like, well, what do you think like would be the best? idea okay jeff thoughts yeah i mean so that's gonna be tough because i mean generally if you're driving a, a car like that a car you're what kind of price range would you look for if you're looking for a new, another car to replace it with um probably more of like a used like at th- this point i'm probably thinking like maybe ten thousand is what i've been thinking and, and i i mean i the goal is to be able to pay all this cash but if not then like maybe pay some down and then just do a monthly for a little bit how long do you typically hold on to cars daniel um i mean i this is the only car i've owned so i'm 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 a little younger so i um i'm about 31 but but i got this car in 2013 so um when i got it it was only um so seven years old and like only had 75,000 miles because like the previous person didn't drive it much the last year i honestly haven't because i I work from home so so i I don't know if i need a car now my wife and i can just like share and i just drive it around town like on weekends when i'm not working but yeah that well that's a that's a good piece of information to have there jeff yeah if you're not driving it that much on that i mean i would i'd probably stick around with that car for a little bit Mostly because that that ten thousand dollars, what are you really going to get right now in the used car right market? Right now, for ten thousand dollars, you're not going to get anything. Yeah, so I, mean, I, I would definitely wouldn't do it right now. I mean, maybe in four or five months, when the market settles out, you can look and see what's out there. But if you're working from home and you don't necessarily need that second car to drive everywhere, I would save your money on other stuff. Yeah, be proud of the fact that you only have one car payment. Be a one car, be a two car family with one car payment. That's that's a badge of honor to wear these days. And uh, since you're working at home, Daniel, you're not driving much, and the market as it is, as Jeff was mentioning, just yeah, stay trying with to what buy you're a doing. car around ten grand right now, Daniel, is not a fun experience. You wouldn't. You'd probably be downgrading from what you have. You probably grand. Be paying, you'd probably buy what you're what you're driving exactly with maybe more miles <laughs> you might be so <laughs> just stay with it daniel thanks for the call Eight five five. and then i would suggest too if you're going to keep that make sure you're maintaining that car properly make sure you're getting it in for its oil changes make sure you're double checking stuff on it and just keep it in good shape yeah maybe sign up for the long haul on it if it needs a, a, a belt if it needs a big repair pay into that and keep it for another five seven years uh, rather than uh, getting yeah. out, getting out of it, eight five five three four zero zone. Jim is on the line. Jim, welcome to Utah Car Sense. Hey, thanks, guys. I had a lease question. My friend's lease is up in September. <clears throat> he only has thirty thousand miles on a big uh, Toyota Land Cruiser. Thinking about buying it out, but could he also release it for another three years? Hmm. No, you generally no, can't release. Okay. Okay. General used car leases, there's some stuff out there, but it's pretty rare, especially on a car like that. Yeah. My guess on Land Cruiser like that, the value of that thing with only 30,000 miles on it, he's probably going to have some equity in that thing. Yeah, I think he does. He's, he's probably going to buy it, buy it out. That's what he was thinking about. And then I said, well, you could extend the lease a few months, or maybe you go in and get a 
go get a new lease for three more years. Yeah, generally what you do on those leases, if you end up wanting to keep the car, you don't release yeah. it. You okay. just go in and get a and get a loan on it. Yeah, and then there's when you do buy that, though, you have all the normal um, closing costs and everything, right? Yep. So when you buy, so when you buy that car out, you're gonna, you're generally, you're gonna have to pay registration fees, and you have to, you have to pay sales tax because you haven't paid sales tax on that car yet. Okay. Right. But I mean, on that car, I mean, that's a great car as far as he's gonna have equity in that car. So I would. Oh, he yeah. He definitely tell him, do not just turn that car in. That would be the yeah. worst thing they could do. Yeah, he lives in Park City and he loves it. He doesn't drive that much, but he he does outdoor, you know, ski, fish. Uh, yeah, there's a lot know. of demand for that car out there right now, too. For sure, yeah. Yeah, they they don't make a lot of those, right? Nope. No, they don't yeah. make very many at all. There's a new one coming out, too. Ah. All right, I appreciate your info. Thanks, your Jim. Show. Great questions. Thanks, Jeff, Jeff would, would it be would that be a case where that guy might buy, get a loan on that car, uh, so end the lease, get a loan on it, and then turn around and sell it right now because of the high demand that could he make a, a pretty good uh, coin on that if he flipped it himself? Yeah, the hard part on that one's gonna be sales tax. Ah. Is because, so say that car's got a residual of 40,000, mm-hmm. probably up there. And that's probably a decent guess on what the residual on that car is. So say the residual is $40,000 on that car, to buy that car out of lease, he's going to pay almost $3,000 in sales tax. Gotcha. Right. So that takes a little bit. Of, so say he could sell it for 45 grand, three grand of that's going to go to sales tax. So hmm. that's going to be a little bit of the hard part on that. Yeah, but okay. I mean, there's, that is not going to be a tough car to sell. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It'd take you a day. If, if that, yeah, that one, you put that one on, I mean, you, you're going to get good money for that car. Eight. And a way you can do it some places is, especially if you're buying another car from a dealer, is some places will do what's called a, um, so we'll, we can, we'll take a car in on trade and then sell it to another third party for you. Like a consignment thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll do it. We call it an in and out. So the idea is what happens is if someone wants to get their tax credit, they've got a private party they want to sell it to. They'll bring the private party into us, trade it into us, mm-hmm. or, or buy out the lease to us. Yeah. And then sell it to the, this customer so they get the income on it. And they don't have to pay the sales tax. What what benefit do you guys get out of that, out of doing that? Uh, we sell the other car. True. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I think we generally charge like $100 just document we pay oh should we charge a doc fee on both deals yeah okay so they'll have to pay a document fee to cover our time and the effort we do putting into it okay well so so that's a ton of money on sales tax that they can find someone to sell a car to and do it on trade-ins occasionally too when someone comes in and just has a trade-in that they want to sell to somebody else so say they've got a car that's worth 10 grand to us and they have a customer they're going to sell it to for 12 grand They'll bring that customer in. We'll sell it to them for twelve, for the same amount they have, and then they get the money on it. Yeah, but they still get the ten thousand dollars in tax credit. Wow! And then the so other we, do that. we yeah. do that occasionally. The other thing that gets done, you know, it's all getting done right and on the up and up. Sometimes on private sales, things fall through the cracks, and then you end up in jail. And it's you laugh, you might laugh at that, but that happens all the time, where people don't have the right bill of sale or whatever and the the title is in someone else's or they name. never deliver the title and then you're trying to find the title forever that's how i ended up on the road in zip ties 
that, that many years ago. Was the, the title had never been switched. So, anywho, eight five five three four zero zone. Ken is next on Utah Car Sense. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, uh, I talked. I called in like three weeks three weeks ago. Sure. Remind us what you called in about. Yeah, it was about the Cross Trek hybrid. Uh, and uh, I had an Equinox, uh, 2019 oh, yeah. Equinox, that oh, I wanted yeah. to trade in. It only had like 8,500 miles, I think, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually wanted a free oil change, too. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. But anyhow, I just wanted to ask Jeff, did he get his new Crosstrek? The Crosstrek on it? It has still you, not you shown up yet. You did order yet. a right, hybrid? Yeah, I had one order. It has not come in quite yet. I think we're actually going to end up just selling the one we have coming in. We're actually just going to end up selling it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I test I test road drove your uh, your uh, what is it twenty twenty? Yeah, I think they were looking for one for you, correct? Yes, uh, Max is uh, working hard trying to get one. Uh, the last time I talked to him, he was uh, wanting. He said some of them bought uh, uh, allocations, uh, trying to catch the allocations as when they first. Oh rolled in or something trying to get one off a truck hmm. i think I my white one gonna be okay, if, if the white's a color that you like that white one might be available uh no we either wanted the uh well we had to settle on the dark gray dark gray yeah so he'll, gray. we'll work for it and we'll see if we can find one for it but yeah i think that one that's come in i'm, I'm probably not going to end up taking it oh somebody's oh somebody's which one so the one that we that we ordered in for me, we're gonna end up. It's gonna end up. We're gonna end up selling it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna end up driving it. I'm gonna move. Oh, I'm actually moving over. One. I'm gonna drive a legacy sedan for a little while. Okay. So you, when it, when it comes in, you're gonna put it up for sale. Yeah, if it's not sold already, it'll be it'll be for sale. Okay. So uh, just ask Max uh, what the situation yeah, ask is. Max about it. The white one. It is a white one though. That's that might be available. So if you're if you're okay with that color, but. Okay, I'll get with Max on that and see. Yeah, uh, ask Max about it for sure. I'm sure he's into that. And and I know people over there, Ken. So a nice place steak dinner my way. I might be able to finagle some things. I don't know. I actually got the pleasure of eating ten the other day. So. Oh, did you? Good. Okay, okay. Uh, that's that's all I wanted to know. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of used to buying a car. You know, uh, I walk to a dealership and it's right there on the lot. And that same day, I'm driving out. And uh, that's a little different world waiting. these days. Yeah. Yeah. My wife calls me impatient, but uh, she's a little more patient than I am. It's not it's, it's not get, impatient. It'll get back to that at some point. Yeah, and it's not it's not that you're impatient. You're efficient with your time, Ken. That's I'm efficient. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you know your time. What your time is worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, thank you, sir. Appreciate okay. it. Uh, that that's cool. That uh, that worked out with Ken, and you got to meet him. Jeff Ken seems like a nice guy. Yeah, the we're the the Equinox we talked about was worth all the money just like we thought <laughs> just it was exactly what we thought it was going to be appraised at huh yeah i remember we talked about like that in, in normal times you'd be worth 15 to 20 grand but yeah now it's probably worth 20 to 25 and and did he it did, was worth closer to the top of that number <laughs> did he decide to keep it i guess we should have asked him no he wants to trade it in so, but yeah. we gotta find him the car yeah that's exactly what, that's what we're working on right now yeah i decided for the i'm gonna move away from the hybrid for a little bit why'd you decide that i decided that when the new electric comes out, I'm definitely going to get one of those. Uh-huh. Aside, I want to drive something fun for a little while. So between now and the Solterra, you want to rip it and, and grip it. So I got a XT Touring Legacy. Aha. Uh-huh. 
It's fun. It's, that, it's that, a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. I it's love a, the legacy, Jeff. I really I know. Do. I, I, I see. I'm putting my, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Cause I talk so much about how much I love that legacy sedan and no one buys them. I bought one. <laughs> and, and you've got the, the fast one, the fun one. Oh, it's so much fun. That legacy X, it is such a fun car. It's the same engine as the Ascent. Which is crazy. It, 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 in a little sedan, not a little sedan, but a no. smaller sedan. But like it's it that thing moves. Like at first glance, it's unassuming, but then you, yeah. it beats you off the line. You're like, whew, okay, I didn't see yeah, that. I mean, coming. It's a six and a half second car. It's good enough for a business meeting, a golf outing, or or a drag race. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's exactly. What I want to be, uh, as a person, what I want to be known as is I want to surprise people in good ways. And that's uh, the legacy touring. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. 855-340-ZONE. If we have a caller, we'll get it. If not, we'll take a break. Oh, we do have a caller. Let's take Brad on the line before we take our next break. Brad, welcome to Utah Car Sense. Well, hi, thanks. Um, I, uh, I'm in the market for a new car. Uh, and I, I generally need a commuter car. I travel to and from work every day. But earlier you were talking about, uh, you know, cars and appreciation, uh, you know, equity in cars. Uh, I'm, I'm the kind of person that will buy a car and run it to the ground, um, just the depreciation value of cars in general. But I'm wondering what kind of car would you recommend or, or look at, something that would hold its value, something that would, that maybe appreciate uh, over time rather than um, depreciate uh, as more miles are put on it. Hmm. <laughs> just your thoughts. I mean, are you needing size-wise, just like little sedan? Are you like, what are you just trying to get something to get you to to and from? Well, I'm I'm at that point in my life where midlife crisis might be a thing, and so <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's a if it's a sedan. That's what I drive now, but I'm I'm open to other things as well so a ferrari jeff do you have any ferraris yeah uh, ferrari, the ferrari market's to... actually quite tight right now <laughs> it's, just, it's a little bit the so midlife I mean, crisis market is tight is that what you're telling me yeah <laughs> so generally um so very, almost no cars appreciate yeah the, the key is to find a car that depreciates the least mm-hmm. right is the key and i mean this market everything looks good right now but I, in general there are certain brands that are going to appreciate a lot less than other brands. I mean, the Hondas, the Subarus, the Toyotas of the world are going to depreciate a lot less due to how they market their cars, the lack of throwing them into rental fleets, things like that. Yeah. So those are going to be the cars that are going to hold their value the most. Then the next is with being a commuter car, you probably want to make sure they're going to get something with good gas mileage as much as you're going to be driving sure. it. And the nice thing these days is a lot of the SUVs, the small SUVs out there are starting to get really good gas mileage. Well, you, you know what? Uh-huh. You know what it sounds to me, Jeff, like uh, Brad needs? He needs to go test drive a Tesla. Get that midlife uh, <laughs> speed. Do a Tesla. Yeah. yeah. Get that midlife uh, crisis speed matched, but still have the practicality of, of uh, gas mileage because there's no gas. Yeah, the hard part, on, the appreciation on those has been tough. Yeah, true. The used car market on those really? buses is not is not a great market. Why, there's not why a lot of confidence that? in the long term of the batteries. Uh, gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I appreciate that. Thanks, Brad. Thanks I, for the call. It really just depends on what kind of stuff you're looking. I mean, I, 
I mean, in our world, the car you're looking at is probably Crosstrack Imprezas. Those five door, five door Imprezas or Crosstrack is a great little commuter car that you'll have fun into. And I love the Crosstrack. Yeah. Uh, it, Brad, Brad would be surprised. I mean, that's funny that we led into Brad talking about that legacy touring. He's he's yeah. a he's driving a sedan right now, so he's like he's feeling like maybe he doesn't want a sedan, but maybe uh, maybe go test drive or, or even rent for Mark Miller Subaru a legacy uh, with with that turbo engine and see if that might change your mind. Well, All right, coming up next, uh, we got uh, some numbers from Memorial Day. Jeff, you mentioned the the numbers over the last year. As far as crashes and things like that, we've got a report from the Utah Highway Patrol from Memorial Day. California is doing weird things like California is wont to do. And we got to talk about Ford's plan to uh, pretend they are Tesla. Tell you about all that next and more next here on Utah Car Sense. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense. He's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. Your phone calls at 855-340-ZONE to be entered into the drawing for the free oil change. You just got to ask a question. Make a comment or tell a story, 855-340-ZONE. We'd love to hear from you. Jeff, before we dive back into phone calls and news, uh, I, I did want to bring this to people's attention. It's not an amber alert because it's involving an adult, but Salt Lake Police have issued uh, the following information uh, on a missing woman they believe was kidnapped Thursday night. Charlene Shy Mortensen was last seen at a 7-Eleven at 287 West, 3300 South, around 9 p.m. on Thursday. South Salt Lake Police spokesperson Danielle Croyle says Mortensen appears to have been taken against her will in an older model gold Ford Explorer with two doors, the license plate being U688JG. So gold Ford Explorer, two doors, U688JG. Witnesses heard her... Uh, screaming to stop and let her out, and the driver telling her to shut up as they drove away. Mortensen is uh, five feet tall, five foot four, weighs about 130 pounds with brown and blonde hair and blue eyes. She also has a marijuana leaf tattoo on her right shoulder and a peace sign on her back. If you see the car or uh, the people involved, call the police. So, 2000 Ford Explorer, golden color, two doors. Utah plates U688JG. Just wanted to make sure we pass that along here as it That's is nice. just being released. All right, 855 340 Zone. Ford has decided they're going to try to be like Tesla. And I would expect that a lot of companies are going to go this way, Jeff. And by that, I mean over the air upgrades to millions of cars. So rather than having to bring your car in, to get those things fixed and upgrade, you're going to see it just connected over Wi-Fi or, or digitally yeah. connect and, and get those upgrades. Do you think that's going to be a widespread thing coming forward? Oh, yeah. Everybody will have it. We're starting to get that in our Subarus already. I mean, we, we, right now, the on an Outback, on my new Legacy, for example, the, the infotainment system can up, up, update itself. Yeah, yeah. So it updates itself over the air and connects to Wi-Fi or connects to the Wi-Fi in the car. And it, that's going to be the new thing. It will save 
say you're having to come in on simple issues when we need to do an ECU reprogram, things like that, you can do it over the air. Yeah. I think that's, that's going to be really nice. It's going to be a good future for everybody. They, uh, Ford says their plan is to have 33 million cars uh, by 2028 able to update over the air. Uh, so we'll see. That's that's an ambitious goal, but I think I think it's going to be the norm sooner rather than later for a lot of companies, and it should be. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, also, California, they are uh, allowing the GM-backed crews to transport passengers in a driverless test vehicle. Uh, start the cruise plans to start manufacturing its Origin driverless shuttles in early 2023. The cruise fleet of test vehicles today includes hundreds of Chevy Bolt EVs equipped with automated driving systems. Meaning, it's this little car that you get in, and it drives you where you need to go, and there's no one driving the car. Out on the road, in public, not in a uh, Petri dish sterile environment, obviously. This is bringing the test site to us, to the people. Jeff, your thoughts about this uh is this a good idea bad idea somewhere in between i think it's probably somewhere in between i mean they're they got it's got to get there eventually it's just a matter of and my biggest issue with automated driving has always been how it's been sold there's a difference between calling something autopilot and calling something driver assist mm-hmm. like that's always been my biggest issue with it is that the the hardest part about automated driving in our world is we don't have the infrastructure for it. I mean, I know they talk about the infrastructure bills and all that stuff goes out, but our roads and bridges and stuff are not in great shape. Yeah. That makes it hard for computers to figure out where to drive a car. Yep. I mean, try driving on a Utah freeway in a rainstorm. <laughs> Good luck finding a line. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right? Yeah, I mean, and even the best computers in the world are not going to find lines. And, and, the and def- guess what? The best computer in the world is going to find a line that's not where everyone else is. Yeah, it doesn't no know. See the line. It, it might be the old line shows up better than the new line. The computer doesn't know that. It's, oh my gosh, yeah. totally. Uh, well, I just have concerns on it. it it's, it I, people are pretty confident you can teach a computer to drive better than a human. It comes to some points where you have to make judgment calls. Yeah. And that's hard, harder for computers. It's a concern because, like you said, at some point you have to get out into the real world to get these things perfect. You cannot simulate every real world experience on some rooftop uh, uh, petri dish uh, experimental lab in Tokyo, like they've been doing. You gotta at some point get them on the roads, it, where the people and other drivers are, and the weather and all that, and and work out the bugs. But there's gonna be collateral damage. So, uh, to and put you gotta it, be, you got to be prepared for it, and you have you to, be yeah. Prepared for that collateral damage, uh, and not uh, have it shut things down. And then that's where I come in. Is I'm like, okay, I get it. I I think that eventually it's going to be what we need, but th- right now maybe we're going a little too fast because there was just another person in San Francisco that was arrested for be. They were in the back seat of their Tesla, letting their Tesla <laughs> drive them around. It, maybe yeah, maybe we as a human race aren't responsible enough uh yet to then just turn it all over to to driverless just in general not responsible enough. right exactly I, I i wonder i wonder if we're not getting a little ahead of ourselves but i'm not in charge 
And thank goodness for that, for many, many reasons. It's probably a good thing that you're not in charge. All right. uh, Another question uh, came in. Phil sent us this question uh, about 30 minutes ago. He says, I have a car question. I'm thinking of buying a used Nissan Leaf. I have no experience with EVs. What do I need to look for? Jeff, your answer. Um. The nice thing on them is you can get them for not that expensive. I mean, I think the market, just like anything else you use, though, they're still up there. Some of the worries on it on the Leafs is they're, they've got a pretty high battery degradation. So the, the, the length of time that a Leaf goes anyway isn't that high, the range of those things. They're really cheap, but the problem is, is the degradation of the battery means that if, okay, originally that car would get 150 miles or 100 miles you might only be getting 60 or 70 now yeah they just they they have they have issues with that degradation of the battery so as long as you understand what you're getting you get a good pretty good deal about that kind of a price yeah it's uh it's (laughs) it's it's, it's, bless you it's like my cell phone when i got it four years ago it held a charge for two three days now i gotta charge it every day it's the it's the same idea the battery degradation is you got to factor it in. And while the manufacturer might say it has a 226 mile range on that battery, it may not, especially when you're buying used, but if you know all that, that, you accept all that. You're going to be getting, I mean, you're hopefully buying that car for under 10,000 bucks. Understand the fact that if the batteries go out, that car's total. You're done. Yeah. A battery replacement on that leaf is going to be eight to nine grand. Not worth it. So if you understand the fact that a battery replacement on that car is a total experience. And that, that, that would be my uh, amateur uh, advice for this, uh, for Phil, would be if you're buying a Leaf, buy a new one. Don't buy a used one. Put, put a little yeah. extra money in and make sure you're getting new to you uh, from the factory. The second generation actually has a better range, too. True. Yeah, and you're not going to see those on a used uh, website either. Those are going to be from the dealer. So... Uh, be careful. It's it's cool technology, but it's new technology, and it's so new that I would not be buying used yet, especially especially in that uh, make and model, I should say. So good luck, Phil. Let us know if you do what happens, and uh, we'd love to hear that from is, you. The value. So to give you an idea of residuals, right? So we always talk about residuals on cars, right? So a good five year residual on a car is like forty five percent, probably forty to forty five percent. A leaf is 30. Hmm. So basically a leaf loses 70% of its value in five years. Wow. And the problem is that the leaf's battery, they degrade quicker than the other EVs on the market. So they basically makes the leaf six or seven years after buying the car, you might be getting half of the half of the battery. Yeah. And then it's it's just a tough, it's a tough car on the used car market, unless you know what you're getting. Yeah, and then you might end up back in the car market without the budget to be back in the car market. Exactly. Yeah. There's a reason you're buying an electric car for so inexpensive. True. 855-340-ZONE. Get in uh, in the last few minutes here and be entered into that drawing. 855-340-ZONE for any questions, comments, or stories you might have for Jeff Miller of Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, does modifying – this comes from Jared – does modifying a ride's height 
and wheel size of a vehicle affect its performance and safety? I have a Toyota, let's see, I have a Toyota Highlander that I raised two inches, and then it's there's a typo with the size of wheels, obviously upgraded the size of wheels. Uh, will that ruin or affect my performance and safety? Trying so to read, a, trying to read between the typos. Issue. There, is that anytime you change the tires of a car, anytime you change, especially the height of a vehicle, you absolutely are going to affect the way it was intended to drive and its intended safety features, right? So if you lift a vehicle, you're taking the center of gravity higher and making it more prone to rolling over. Yeah. So you need to understand that when you do it, it's not, I'm not saying when you do it, you're making your car dangerous but you're making it different than what the car is. And so we do a lot, we do lift kits on Outbacks and Ascents and, and Crosstracks. And, and we make sure that the people who do them understand the fact that they are changing the driving of the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. So it absolutely does change the safety of the vehicle. I don't, well, saying it makes it dangerous, I wouldn't go that far, but it, it takes it down from the safety ratings that it would be rated by the manufacturer it is definitely going to lower those safety ratings. yeah because those safety ratings are based on what the manufacturer tested it and that's what it comes off the line and if you modify that yeah it makes sense it's going to affect everything uh right. and, and and like you said to be clear you're not saying it makes it dangerous it it's just affect changes gas it. yeah gas you mileage put bigger you put bigger tires bigger wheels on the car it's going to make you get less gas mileage make sure you get that differential right too on those axles because you, you, you don't want to, if he, I don't know if Jared did this himself, but you don't want to end up, you know, with a, a offset differential that ruins the whole thing. Yeah, just make sure you get, if you're doing that kind of stuff, you know what you're doing or you're using someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. It's familiar with using, working on that type of a vehicle. And it's, honestly, it sounds like maybe he should have had a Forerunner, not a Highlander. Uh, I, I get Highlanders are bigger, but Forerunners are typically the more off-road ready, right? I don't know, though. Like, I mean, we've done some really cool stuff with cars. And, the, I mean, I think the lifting of vehicles is becoming more and more popular. I mean, Subaru is coming out with a factory from the factory lifted Outback this this month. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The Wilderness. The, the new Wilderness yeah. edition. It's really cool. And we and we probably were doing, before we didn't have any cars, we were probably doing two or three a month at each store where we were lifting vehicles. Been doing them ourselves. We use a company called LP Adventure that makes the lift kits. But cool. it's a, it's a really cool, great look, and it performs well. Well, that's going to do it for the first uh, episode in June of Utah Car Sense. We got to get a winner. We had Jim did not want to be entered though, Jeff. Yeah. So take Jim out of the drawing. So Ken Shelby, won, Ken won three weeks ago, so he can't win. So essentially, it's Daniel, Shelby, or Brad. Yes. So randomly, one through three, Alex Lundberg. I got numbers, I got numbers on him. Our producer pick between one and three, not necessarily between one and three, but a number that's one, two, or three. We'll go with lucky number one. Uh huh. Lucky number one. He got Shelby, our first caller that called in on Mike Conley. <laughs> See, you can call into Car Sense about anything. We'll talk yeah, to you. Right? We'd love to hear from you. And Shelby hopefully got the calls coming. He's good luck on that hammy. Yep. We'll see Tuesday night, Jazz versus, I'm speaking it into existence, the Dallas Mavericks. We'll see how that works out to tomorrow, though. Uh, Jeff, thanks for the show. And uh, as always, where can people find you? Yeah, find me at either one of our locations. So 3535 South State, South Salt Lake, or 109th South State in Southtown Automall. Or you can reach me on my email address at jeffm 
at mmsubaru.com. Be well, my friend. For Alex Lundberg, Behind the Glass, and Jeff Miller, I'm Austin Horton. The Saturday show is next here on The Zone.